I am Julia Roberts in My Best Friend's Wedding. And I'm Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Julia Roberts Hive, rise up. That's my sister. Okay, I will hide her in my basement when the race four starts. Also, she's Hindi, so she's my cousin, so. Exactly. Not your Blasian era. <laughs> and I'm seeing Mississippi Masala. <laughs> I'm seeing Mississippi Masala on Sunday. <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> Isn't that how your parents were? That's oh, my letterbox for you. <laughs> <sighs> oh my goodness. Fola, how are you doing, girly pop? Oh, how am I? How am I? Um, I'm having a time. Um, I was sick most of this week, and mm-hmm. if you know me, I become a baby, like an infant when I'm sick. Like I just hate being sick. Um, so like Monday, I was fine for the most part. I was like, I guess, a little tired. And then, I, but like, I got to work and I had like a little tickle in my throat. And then, you know, and it's like you, it's like that, like you know, in the movie. When you like, when you they like show like the jello like shaking and stuff because like the monster's coming. You know what I'm talking about? Like in Jurassic mm-hmm. Park? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, when you get a throat tickle and you're like, oh shit, like something's about to go mm-hmm. down and it's either going to be mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to do a big swallow and it'll go away or I'm going to be down for the week. So I was down right. for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I went to Target because I wanted to buy some like soap and I was walking home and my hands felt so weak and I was like sweating and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like I'm going to collapse. And so I just like had to drop all myself on the floor and then I had a Zoom call. So I had to just like mop off my face and do the Zoom call. And then I, as soon as it was over, I just like flopped back onto my bed Um then the next morning I woke up at like 5 a.m. and I was having like chest pains and a sore throat and like I was coughing and I was like, oh my God, I was like, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die and curb your enthusiasm is on my TV right now. I'm, I'm hearing the music in my head. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, Fola would die with like pho broth like half drank pho broth because i didn't even order noodles i just ordered the broth i was like give me two two of the broths because yeah, some, just i just broth. sit there and i just oh my god if you don't order pho broth when you're sick baby you're missing out it is well, delicious in my defense i live in south brooklyn and we we don't have indian food so we definitely don't have pho oh back here yeah so check check your manhattan yeah. privilege yeah. sorry 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 <laughs> You know, I could I could throw a rock and find a bond me. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like when I was feeling a little icky the night before, I was like, I ordered like pho broth and I like, you know, I was like, whatever, like I'll, you know, see how I feel in the morning. And then in the morning, yeah, I was like having chest pains and I was like really scared. And I was Googling like chest pains, cough, sore throat. Like I was like, do I have RSV? Like I was just like looking at stuff and then I was calling my parents. Mm. My parents weren't answering because it was five in the morning. And but they finally like did wake up and they, you know, like freaked out because my parents, because, you know, I'm a little princess and they were like, they were like, our baby is sick. So yeah, they like, they mobilized. But yeah, for the most part, like I, 
I was like, for like three days, I was like 101 degrees. Just like, I genuinely, for that first day with the chest pains, I thought I was going to die. I had like a bag of like frozen mixed vegetables and I just held it to my chest and I felt, I rolled up into a ball and I fell asleep. And, and then I was like, oh, the chest pain's gone. Um, but I was like, maybe the anti-vax girlies are right. Maybe the COVID vaccine just is giving me, like, I'm going to drop dead. A 24-year-old dropped dead. She's dead. And she took, she took the vaccine. Definitely the vaccine. <laughs> Definitely not the multiple COVID infections, but whatever. Not the vaccine that has been in development for years and simply exactly. was not getting the funding because they didn't think it was a priority until the pandemic happened. Work. But yeah, like I just spent several days eating grapes and drinking pho broth out of the, like, you know, the restaurant container. I was, I was like in my, I was like, yes, chef. Like I'm drinking out of fucking whatever these are called. Uh, It was amazing. Anyway, enough about me. I'm better now a little bit. Yeah. What about you, Maya? How are you? I am good. I had a rough couple days dealing with some personal stuff. I'm just going to say, you know, accepting things that we can't change. I don't know how long, how much longer I can accept because a lot of the issues that I'm having are things that are beyond my control. And it's like, I want to move on with my life. Like I want the rest of my life to improve. And it's like, these factors are getting in the way and I can't control them. And as a Taurus, as an Aries mood, as an autistic bitch, I just, I just can't really stand for that. So I'm going to need everyone to get on their Zooms and figure some shit out so I can enjoy the rest of my 20s because it's getting really fucking difficult. But ultimately, everything's going to be fine. And I know that everything's going to work out. And honestly, your 20s are like a trial year of adulthood anyway. I'm not even 25 yet. There was a pandemic. I found out I was I had a disability that I didn't know about for 22 years. You know, I think I have to give myself a lot of grace. So much grace. And cut myself some slack. And, you know, just not be so hard on myself that things don't exactly look the way that I want them to right now. And I also just know that I have more time to, like, build the life that I do want to have. Real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever I have like a downward spiral, I like go, I'm 24. And it just like makes everything go away because all my other friends, like, like, especially like my grad friends. Exactly. So mm-hmm. basically, I'm like, I'm just like 20. I'm just a two. And then the the number, the second number is blank, like the second digit. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, my age doesn't really count anymore. Um, but yeah, like my grad school friends, I, you know, they're like a, a bit older than me. And like one of them is like 32 and I was like freaking out. And then I was like, okay, I'm better. And then I was like, I'm only 24. And she was like, yeah, you're only 24. Like just being like, yeah, like shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> I've been alive so much longer than you and I've been suffering longer than you. And I was like, dang, true. Um, and like, I don't know. I just don't want to be in grad school in my thirties because I'm supposed to be serving time. <clears throat> um, exactly. exactly. Which is why you're going to finish at 28. Exactly. Or Inshallah. what are you going to finish? 27? I don't know. Am I going to uh, finish? Questions that need answers. Question of the episode. <laughs> All right, pop culture. Slay. Uh, the Grammys were this past what Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria Monet, three time and first time Grammy winner, black bisexual girls are so up. Yeah, we love to see yeah. it. 
Miley Cyrus. Look, I was a Hannah Montana fan when I was a girl, when I was a kid. Whatever. And I'm sorry, she's she's mother. She really did chew on flowers. I love Endless Summer Vacation. And, like, she's born to be a star. And I'm glad that she kicked Liam Hemsworth to the curb. And I'm excited to see her be, like, an iconic bisexual pop star. It's exactly yes. what the girls need. So... I'm here for it. I'm glad that she finally won. Um, <laughs> Miley's really queenie. Like, she, I don't know. She is. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes I'm like, like, you know, her 2013 shit, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. You know, she like, do want like thump her on the back of the head. Like, I was like, I'm like bitch. Um, but Wrecking Ball is still eight. Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud of her. I'm happy for her. This is, yeah, is this that? is literally Hannah Montana. Like, yeah, my shorty. Yeah. We need Miley Cyrus on the pod. We need Miley on the pod. I want to ask her how much yes. her veneers cost. I want to ask her if she had buckle fat removal. I was going to say a buckle Because <laughs> yeah, she definitely did. It's craters. Her she it's, it's a little bit scary. And also just, I don't, I just don't know why anyone would be like, I should remove the fat from my face when I'm like 30. Like, because your face like thins out when you get older. Like, exactly. Like, does no one do research anymore? I like no. They just go straight. See? They go straight to Doctor Bavami <laughs> and let him do fucking whatever and give him ten thousand dollars, and then they're gonna go fill their cheeks back up with filler in five years. Exactly. And then the filler is gonna migrate. And then what are you gonna do? And then what are you gonna do next? Right. Your face is gonna look like a hurricane on a map. Like, don't piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I had a long day, so I'm feeling really zesty. Tonight. No, no, it's okay. good. I'm I'm crying laughing. Um, <laughs> I had a thought mm-hmm. and then I forgot it. Oh yeah, like the older women who are like, yeah, just be a couple pounds like overweight because then you're you're not gonna like get wrinkles because your cheeks are still gonna be like, you know, full and fluffy. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Every time I do order Seven Street Burger, um, I'm like, it's for my skin. It's, it's an investment it's so, in your It's skin. an investment. It's so I don't have to get the Botox. Um, yeah. But yeah, Victoria Monet, um, sorry, Mother. she's just living my bisexual life. Like, the way she has, like, a baby and a man at home, but, like, she goes out and she's, like, twerk, like, Megan Thee Stallion's throwing ass on her. Like, that is, like, something that I feel is, like, very, like, like symbolic to me like it's like mm-hmm. it's like you know how like white people like really care about like you know like the washington monument and shit and like the mm-hmm. Lincoln memorial and stuff i think victoria monet like i want a statue of yes. her catching yes. ass from megan the stallion exactly and exactly. then going and then returning deserve. home and being mm-hmm. a mother to her child because her baby is so fucking cute. Um, I want to hang out with her, her and her baby so bad. They're so cute. Like, I feel like we'd have such a key at like Earth Cafe or some shit. The baby, she talks like she's like, mm-hmm. Full sentences, she's straight, honey. She's like straight to the point. She's like, bitch. No. <laughs> also, Victoria Monet's a Taurus. <laughs> Venetian supremacy. Exactly. 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 I just want to say, I love the Beyonce of just showing up for 30 minutes to an event and then everyone being like, oh my God, you came! And then being like, yes, I did. And then leaving. There is something that I connect so much to. Like, I think the thing about, like, Beyonce is, like, she really is just, like, in the house. And 
or at least like she acts like it. Um, mm-hmm. And I too, I connect with that a lot. So, um, and yeah, she looked really good. I loved her little cowboy hat. Um, someone said she looked like the fucking detective from Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> that killed me. Doug Dimmadome face ass. <laughs> And like I love her like cowboy like southern thing, but her hat was just a little bit too big, mm. in my opinion. Like, like if it was like a three inches smaller, I'd be okay. Yeah, but it was giving very much like it was arresting on the yeah. on the cabeza. You know, she, lo- she loves the, like a an obstructing people's vision moment though. So I'm like I don't know, if it's disruptive. Um, yeah, what was I gonna say? Yeah, she looked good. Blue Ivy looked amazing. Blue oh Ivy. my goodness. The doll, the legend, the icon. I think it was Vivian Westwood, right? Oh my god. Oh, like, that silhouette of that dress was stunning. It was gorgeous. Like I'm it's going on my wedding Pinterest board. She looked amazing. It was so beautiful. Like her braids. Exactly. That's my and problem also too. as a braid girl, like yeah, Blue Ivy represent represents um my exactly. people. Yeah. Exactly. Um she looks so beautiful. So exactly. She's just like me for real. And when you think about it, Beyonce was a braid girl growing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't she. We'll she, she, you know, transitioned into a wig lady, but in the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then Jay Z won whatever the the Dr. Dre Award for like global goodness or some shit, which for feels like an oxymoron for doing for what? what for fucking for fucking inventing headphones Bitcoin? and beating on women, I guess, <laughs> like. That's like that's those are the only things I can think of him contributing to society. Like uh, like mm-hmm. go feed some like feed children somewhere. There are literally children streaming on Instagram live and they're starving. Let's go do some global good. But yeah, Jay-Z won mm-hmm. an award and he was mm-hmm. kind of just talking shit and he was like, a lot of y'all shouldn't be in the category. And you know what? You know, I I could I could say a lot of things about Jay Z. I can say very 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 many things about Jay Z, but he did not lie in that moment. Mm-mm. A Sagittarius man from New York who used to sell drugs. There's evil inside of him, um, <laughs> and like when I say evil, I mean like evil, but like for good. You know, yeah. just like maliciousness, but like like just like cunning. It's like know? lawful. Just, like, Chaotic. And like mischievous. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say lawful evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And also, I'm glad that he like took the opportunity to be like, yeah, like, you know, I'm not going to like embarrass my wife, but it's crazy that she's the most awarded of all time. But she doesn't even know album of the year, by the way. It's getting weird. It's, re- it's, it's giving it's weird. It's getting weird. And it's like... yeah. Every, like I don't know. Every time Beyonce loses the Grammy, at least, at least for like the ones that I've been like conscious for, it's just like mm-hmm. it's never to something that is like monumental, and that is what pisses me the fuck off. Remember when she lost to fucking Beck? I was gonna say she lost to Beck, and the thing is, people always have a different excuse. They go, "Oh, well, it's not about how many records you sell; it's about the quality of the da da da." That's when she lost to Beck. Okay, she's gonna put out Lemonade. Lemonade sells fucking platinum. It's a fucking Peabody, whatever. It's uh, mm-hmm. an, an amazing body of work, and it wins awards for that. But then, oh no, it's actually about. It's not about how much you sell. It's actually about 
or it's not about like the artistry. It's actually about how much you sell. And Adele sold the most albums. So it's like each year, like, you know, when she loses, like the, the, the line changes. And I just mm-hmm. think it's very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, eventually mm-hmm. you're going to have to give her her things. And, yeah. or she's just going to stop fucking coming to your award show. Right. Um, and I wouldn't blame her at all. Boy genius, how they managed to make Tom Brown look so fucking cheap and classless. I I saw the post that said it was Tom Brown that they were wearing, and I started cackling in my room at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> that shit looked like ass. And Tom Brown eats every single time. Exactly. And also, them announcing that they're going away indefinitely, everyone cheered. Everyone cheered. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. I'm sorry. Um, never found them funny. Never found them entertaining. Never found them smart. Maybe I am not gagged by them because I live in Brooklyn and I see white women that look like them on the L train like once a yeah. week. But um, I just don't think that they're doing what they think that they're doing. And I need, I'm glad that they're going to go and take a break because I'm tired of hearing about them. Sometimes I'll go get like a matcha and I'll be like, is that Phoebe Ritter's? No. Just some chick. Just some girl. And it's like, you know, she can really blend into it. Like, it's not that I'm, like, anti-Phoebe Bridgers. Honestly, I tried to listen to her music, but I don't think I was, like... I don't think she's, like... Like, she has depression music, but it's, like, not my type. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, it just doesn't, you know, it just didn't really go well with me. I think it was making me sadder. Yeah. Uh, So I had to just step away. Um, But, like, boy genius. You know, I think it's, like... Again, white mediocrity, white womanhood, like, you know, if white women are, like, skinny and semi-attractive, the masses will come to them and worship at the altar um, that is them. And semi-attractive is used very loosely (laughs) in in this case (laughs) because... The fact is, I can't, I, the only face I know is Phoebe Bridgers. Like, none right. of the other faces registered as, like, <clears throat> incredible enough to me for me to go. Exactly. Oh, I remember that. No. Exactly. And I Lucy Dake is Angelina Baker. Because <clears throat> she dated Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal. Yeah. My husband. With that terrifying birth chart. But yeah, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker, they just look like every other white queer person that's gentrifying a black neighborhood in Brooklyn. So Exactly. Like, yeah, maybe they need to go like be baristas or something. <laughs> go lace up your Adidas sambas and make me an oat McLatte, please. Uh, but yeah, speaking of white mediocrity. <sighs> That skinny, long, white woman. I feel like if I say her woman. name, it'll summon the masses. And I just don't really feel like doing mm-hmm. that. So I just, you know, I'm just going to... Yeah. Um, but yeah, the long back black woman. And you know what? Jesus and Marrow, Jesus mm-hmm. and Marrow fucking killed with that. That was one of the funniest things to ever happen on Jimmy Fallon. It was no. one of the funniest has things to ever long back. <laughs> And he didn't even blink. He didn't even blink. He knew exactly who it was. It didn't take a single second. Like, you know that's so ingrained in their lore. (laughs) You know? Like, you know that that's, like, their inside joke. It has been. And that is true friendship. And that's why they need to fucking make up. That's why they need to get back together. Like, shut the fuck up. Mero's like, I need them to do a parent trap. Exactly. 
yeah, a parent trap movie where we get we get Jesus and Mero back together. And we're Annie and Hallie. And we like do something with Tim's and weed. <laughs> you like if you're like Tim's a of us. Are like, these Tim's? <laughs> and my yeah, Yankee they fitted have, like, a pair of fitted. <laughs> well, they have like roaches that are like with the same. <laughs> No, they each have one one side of the Tims. <laughs> and we put them together. Oh my god, they're the same size. <laughs> oh my god, who are we talking about? Oh yes. The blonde lady. Um I could say a lot. I could do a whole episode of me being like, fuck her. Because mm-hmm. she's never been the doll to me. Um, I like a few of the songs. I'm not gonna say that she's like not talented but mm-hmm. um if her talented is the is the measure that we are like looking to like i know a 16 year old girl cutting up in the back of the bus that is more talented that is ex- that extremely talented compared to her i think her fans are like oh my god but she's such a great lyricist and i'm like where are these fucking Shakespearean level lyrics that she's putting out? What is it? Because the kids don't read anymore. What is it? They're gagged by anything. That if you don't read, you're gagged by anything. The girlies, they hear a metaphor and they're like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Like, bitch, open the catcher in the rye and keep it pushing. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh my God. No, but yeah. like, shut up. Um, and I just, you know, I think the fact is she. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you an episode of The Read because it made me laugh. Um, but she made me really, like during the Kim Kardashian-Kanye thing, I had mm-hmm. to take Kanye's side. And I don't yeah, like exactly. doing that. Right. I don't like taking Kim Kardashian's side on anything. I don't like taking Kanye's side. But I had to because just like exactly. logically, it was just like. Because she also- did, she did know that he was going to write that lyric about her. And she giggled about it. She thought it was right, funny. and she was like, "Oh, like, like, it, like it'll be like a thing, it, ha ha ha." And then to like turn around and be like, "Oh, my reputation!" Da, 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 da. I'm like, "Girl, mm-hmm. boo!" Um, oh, I hate her. And you know what? I I was just talking about the read, but like I remember, like he was um, Kid Fury was like going off about Taylor Swift, and I think one of the things is like. She won Artist of the Year the year Michael Jackson died. That is so fucking Like, crazy. the year he died. For what album, even? Like, for our song is Slam Screen Doors. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? A, like, and it's literally, it's because it's, again, it's because of Kanye West. They are, like, karmically linked or something like that. But Yeah. Somebody should run their symmetry charts. Because, <laughs> right. like, somebody ran Hailey Bieber and Selena Gomez's symmetry charts, and they were like, they hate each other so much, but they were definitely, like, soulmates in a past life. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that, like, they are, like, const- like Kanye and Taylor are going to constantly, like, come in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and have like big explosive moments. Um, but yeah, 
Um, what was I going to say? Kanye getting on that stage and being like, I'm going to let you finish. I'm being like an aggressive, mean black man to the poor little blonde white girl literally took her career to places that it definitely fucking wouldn't be. So, oh, ac- oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, when he said I yeah. made that bitch famous, like he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he pretty much did. He was correct. Well, exactly. Um, but anyway, she won album of the year. Boo. For oh. which out let's believe I'm still bejeweled when I'm walking the room. And the thing is, I can't like I'm very finger on the pole. I cannot name a single song that was on that album. I but... only know those songs because the kid who would do the dance, he would be like, That's believe I'm still bejeweled. And it was cute. <laughs> but you know, and I'm like a casual sizzle listener, but I, you know, I heard about SOS. I can name a lot of tracks off that, John. The tour was great. You know, so like it just—it's so intellectually dishonest for it to be album of the year. It's really—it's really insulting, actually. Like it's insulting to our intelligence and to our taste. And the 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 rollout happening during this her horrifying relationship with the the Nazi Maddie Healy, um, like I just hated it. I just—I don't know. Like I was like, this is tainted. Like this is nasty. There's a dark spirit yeah. about it. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and she gets on the stage after winning album of the year. First of all, her dress, like the whole fit, is just like it looks very thrown together. It was even very much party city. Like you have enough money to be the number one carbon emitter in the room. Like you couldn't get someone to slick that hair into a bun because it looked like shit. The braid looked bad. Welp. (laughs) And now we've said it. Also, she was wearing fucking scaparelli. I was gonna say, and it it was giving Macy's prom section. Like like scaparelli. 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 Boring. God forbid. God forbid her and boy genius need to go to people would find it Thumbna. unremarkable because it it literally gave like it was you know, wearing prom her. dress prom dress but like the girl is like you know when the girl you know when like during prom when you had like the pregnant girl and yeah. she would wear like the the big like puffy dress that was what please <laughs> no that's sick shout out to the high school pregnant girl also uh. Auntie Celine Dion. First of all, shout out to Celine Dion, just like for existing. She's been having like health issues that have been very public for the past mm-hmm. year. It's like stiff muscle syndrome or something like that. Yeah. And it's like literally halted her singing career. And it's just devastating because she's got an incredible voice and an mm. incredible presence. And as like she's the most important Jamaican. Um, yep around so yeah it's just like her being the one to hand you the album of the year award and you're not even like oh thank you celine i'm so happy to be in your presence she literally took barely looked her in the eye took the award and ran off like one of the boys i nanny for when i give them candy or something like yeah what happened to hello how are are you? you My name is Celine fucking Dion has stiff muscle syndrome and she came out of her home to give your undeserving ass and ooh, my chest is Nasty getting hot. Work. My chest is getting hot. Because even Miley was gagged that Mariah Carey gave her her award. Exactly. <sighs> 
fucking idiot. Fucking hate her. Um, yeah, fuck her. We and also fuck her for announcing her new album at the Grammys. Like that's mad tacky. You could have done an Instagram post after, and it would have gagged people. Now you had to announce it at the Grammys, and now everybody's gonna remember it as the album that you announced at the Grammys. What if it's mid? What if it's well? It's gonna be mm-hmm. but like also <laughs> disrespecting Celine Dion and then announcing her. I just like I want to be. I never wanted to beat somebody up so bad. Nasty so work. like just so without couth. Exactly. Oh my she god. She just like she's racked up so many transgressions in my book, and yeah, I just like I'm just like get her out of here. Like what the fuck do you mean? Oh my god, I'm so I want to see if she's gonna come to the Super Bowl. I hope her play. Well, let me not say that. Um. <laughs> um. Call drops. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl on Sunday, it's gonna be like the liberal Middle America version of Trump winning the election. And just for that to happen during Black History Month, like I like, I Hate it. I just I can't I can't deal I can't. Yeah. Also, everyone's gonna be so fucking annoying. The Chiefs and the Forty ers played in twenty twenty. And the Chiefs won in 2020. And so I genuinely think in like some Groundhog's Day type shit, if mm-hmm. the Chiefs win, we will literally be transported back to 2020 and have to do it all over again. So 49, San Francisco, step your pussy up. I don't know who has to do the little steroids or whatever, but just. Right. Y'all better be Let's shooting go. the gym. Let's go. I have to relive the last four years again. Maybe you'll be lucky if I get through day one of 1200, to be quite honest. Okay. No. March oh 12, 2020. <laughs> Whenever it starts to get warm out in March, I start getting nervous. That week of March, like, gives me shivers down my spine. Because I was so no, excited. Like, I was so excited. So oh my God. Spring break is going to be so good. Da, da, da. And the, there was not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> Anywho. <sighs> Mm. Should we do a COVID episode? (laughs) Maybe. I'm glad that we're kind of having this reckoning where her allure is rubbing off because she's been so overexposed. And I'm glad that everyone is being honest about it and getting on board and actually waking up and snapping out of the little cult mentality because it's crazy. She's like the she-in of music. She's just like producing and producing and producing and it's nothing of high quality, nothing of high value. And she's just everywhere all the time, not adding anything to the world. And I'm really fucking tired of it. And I really, I, when she, she said in some interview or whatever, it might have been her like Rolling Stone or Time Magazine, whatever the fuck she was on. And she's like, oh, like after whatever scandal she was in, she's like, I stayed inside for a year. Can you make it five? Can you just, can you just lock yourself in somewhere? I just like, like. Just stay away from us. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Exactly. Okay? And that's why people love Beyonce so much, because we don't have access to her all the time. Exactly. Why? Like, I just shouldn't have to see Taylor Swift as much as I do. I literally see her more than I see my dad. <laughs> okay? And my dad is in my life. All right? Like, that, like just, just so we're clear. All right? It's Black History Month. My dad's in my life. Yeah. All right? And it's I just... just um, also, we, just, need, we need to get over it. I was just going to say, like, like... I need the girls to get over it. She's very much a symbol of Americana and, like, American Mm -hmm. capitalism and, you know, the innocence of blah, 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 blah. And I think that because Mm -hmm. that 
veneer of like mm-hmm. America and the American dream and all that stuff is fading because we're watching America just be like heinous um, exactly. to other people outside of America and then to Americans. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's like all the, um, yeah, just all the, all the allure is rubbing off and exactly, you know, as you know, I've been here, I've been, in, I've, I've been frowning. So happy to see other people and also people are like oh i couldn't say anything bad because the swifties were gonna attack me the swifties are fucking 13 year olds with twitter accounts they're white girls probably or white boys they're white they're not gonna make it to senior prom because the world is gonna be on fire exactly and they're not gonna beat you up right i'm gonna let somebody born in 2010 talk to me crazy like what the fuck are you talking about let me call your mom i'm gonna have sex with your dad how about that like you're not gonna be my ass, you know. There right. are some there are some fan bases that I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna scrap with them. Like there are members of the Beehive that I'm like, yeah, she could, they could, they could beat me up. Um, some of the Barb's they scare me, they bite, they could beat me up. There's not a Swifty in the world that gives me the shivers. So, right. What are, what are you guys gonna do? Call the police on me for no reason? What are you gonna do? Dox my dad's me? the sheriff. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Call me a porch monkey, okay? Okay. What's new? Right. It's also so crazy. Like people on like people on TikTok being mean, they're like, uh, like they don't even have like good racism. Like it's boring. Right. Hate it. Boring. Sloppy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, speaking of more people that we hate, Ooh. King Charles and OJ Simpson both have prostate cancer. Which, like, it almost feels like... Okay, obviously cancer is bad. I don't think I need to pre-disclose that to our audience. But it just kind of... This week just kind of feels like Christmas for lovers of maligned women, for the you're wrong about community, if you will. And I hope that Princess Diana and Nicole Brunson are, like, having a key about it at the St. Regis in heaven. And um, I think men that cause harm to women should always suffer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's just me. Um, as far as King Charles... Suffering. Oh, absolutely. Um, as far as King Charles, one of my mutuals, Yasmin, made a video about it. And she's like, she and I are both like, she's Black Puerto Rican, very witchy. Like, we both like to predict stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, the fact that we know right now that he has cancer and that they definitely sent for Prince Harry to come back to Buckingham Palace means that not looking good for the doll. Like, he might not even have like 90 days left in him. Shut and up. I was like... That tea. would be so fucking funny. I'm sorry. Right. That would be hilarious. And right. if he dies and Trisha Paytas gives birth, she's not beating the allegations. She's not. She's, she's like, not. What the fuck? Also, right. And if King, like, if he dies, then we're gonna have King William and his ugly bald ass and honestly that like, bald adulterous bitch nasty just like his daddy yeah runs in the family he's so like it's just ill but it's like you know what it's good because having someone be queen for like 70 years I, no um right you know yeah get him out of here also i don't know i saw some maybe it was like a tabloidy thing but it was like saying he's not gonna like go get chemo like he wants to do like osteopathic medicine or what is it like just like herbs and shit i'm like you're gonna die right prostate cancer is insane yeah 
like, I don't know much about cancer, but I am a biologist. And when that shit is in attached to your fucking digestive system, yeah. When it's all up in your bussy, like... (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not exactly. looking good for you like fear first of all cancer is just not like something to play with a right but like i don't know and if you're old you're catching it when you're like what 76 i don't know i didn't know about oj's um cancer yes i think it's like it's not like super public my bestie sent me like the pop crave tweet about it and if you know me, you know that headline was written specifically for me because the O.J. Simpson trial is my special interest and I was ac- wrongfully accused of having prostate cancer in 2020. Wait, do you not know this story? What? <laughs> oh my god. Well, I guess we'll tell it now on the pod. Okay, so on my dad's side, I have a half-sister. I call her my half-sister as opposed to my other sisters because for because we're just... She and I have the same dad. But my mom is the really smart one, and I grew up with my mom. Let's put it that way. Mm. So in 2020, basically, she hit me up, and she was like, hey, like, how are you doing? I was like, I'm fine. She was like, are you sure? Because I heard something about you. And I'm like, what did you hear? And she was like, that you have prostate cancer. <laughs> and mind you, she's two years younger than me. So I was 21, she was 19. And I was like... I was like... And I like had to go confirm my biology fact. I was like what do you mean prostate cancer? You know? And then it basically, what turns turns out what happened is that my dad, like a big church guy, like he's really active in his church or yeah. whatever. They were doing church on Zoom and he disclosed to the church people on Zoom that his brother, whose name also starts with an M-A, had prostate cancer. And someone at church misheard it and thought that he said, I had prostate cancer and reached out to my sister being nosy to ask about me having prostate cancer. So that's how I had to find out that my dad's brother was dying of prostate cancer during the pandemic. And then he died like four months later. Damn. So, yeah. So that's just a part of my lore. Imagine calling up a guy and being like, I heard you have cervical cancer. I heard you have ovarian (laughs) cysts. Well, you know what? No transphobia. Actually, I take no. that back. Anyway, back to the... <laughs> back to the- but yeah. <laughs> so I saw that on the train and I started, I was gagging because, you know, mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson and prostate cancer are both just like really big recent parts of my lore. Okay. And also, O.J. Simpson was like notoriously homophobic because his dad was gay and a crossdresser when he was a kid and like he left his family to be a gay crossdresser in like the 60s or 70s or whatever that was. Uh-huh. So... Oh, Slay Simpson. Um, <laughs> so him having him having cancer in his bussy and me homophobic, like it just I have to, I have to laugh, you know. His dad being so. gay and naming him Orenthal. <laughs> Orenthal James. <laughs> Shout out to like other people who have prostate cancer. I'm rooting for you to pull through. Um, but these two motherfuckers, ah, ah, I want them to burn ah, in hell. <laughs> Slay. Okay. Right. So Tina Fey was on Las Culturistas this week, which is Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers' podcast. And I, you know what? The girls are talking about, the film and TV girls are talking about Tina Fey on Twitter again. And I'm glad that we can be honest and be nuanced in the fact that 
Is she an incredibly flawed person? Yes. Mm-hmm. Has she done terrible things in the past? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is she also extremely talented? Yeah. Also, yeah. I'm sorry that she's mother. Y'all are not going to make me hate her. She's a Taurus sun. I'm pretty sure a Libra moon with a Leo rising. First first female head writer in Saturday Night Live. Come on. Wrote 30 Rock. Like, I just, I don't know. But yeah, so I'm just glad that, like, we're having, like, this little Tina Fey renaissance. And I think she and Amy Poehler are doing some shows at the Beacon Theater, which, if the tickets aren't a million, aren't a million dollars, I want to go. Cute. Um, But, yeah, so I'm just glad that, like, she's having her moment and, like, we're talking about her again because her impact on comedy and, like, writing and TV and stuff, it can't be denied. And I think we are in a place in, like, public discourse where we can hold multiple opinions about multiple people at the same time. Absolutely. And also, the streets are saying that she might take over, she might be Lauren Michaels' successor for Saturday Night Live. Amen. Maybe, maybe Saturday Night Live will be fun and interesting again. Right, maybe I should be live. Like, and not Saturday Night Sleep. (laughs) And yeah, that's exactly what Saturday Night Live needs to carry into prosperity. And everyone on Twitter is being like, yeah, we need TV to be mean again. We need humor to be mean again. And I'm like, yes! I feel like Mark Ruffalo. Like, yes! (laughs) And yeah. So I'm excited about it. And the podcast was great. I listened to like most of it this afternoon. And Tina Fey, like for somebody who's very offline, like her finger is very much on the pulse Mm -hmm. of culture. And like it reminds me a lot of me and Fola. And I just, I I need, oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I like, I need her to take over SNL. And I need her to like have like her, her renaissance, her, you know, her on the, I need her on the disco horse. She should teach you know? SNL and then we should do the weekend update. Let's call her. I agree. We should just call I Tina agree. up. Also, speaking of SNL, Iowa Debris <laughs> did host SNL and she chewed. Um, I love mm-hmm. that Iowa looks like she's going to cry. Like every time she like does something new, she's like, <sighs> but yeah. <laughs> Um, I love her. Game. I don't know. My, she's my yeah. pookie bear. Mm-hmm. And my Wario. Yeah. Or my Mario to my Wario. Yeah. And like Tina Fey on the podcast, she was like, yeah, Io did like an amazing job on SNL. And like Io does look up to Tina. So I'm like, no. taste continues to win. Yes. Venetian girls continue to win. Because yeah, Io girl, is she's a Libra. Libra. Yeah. yeah. That's why everyone loves yeah. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Roll. Beautiful. I think that's it for the pop culture. Slay. Slay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, this mm-hmm. week, in honor of Valentine's Day, we are talking rom-coms um, because that is just a section of media where we very much intersect and are very mm-hmm. like passionate about. Um, oh, yeah. Maya, what's your mm-hmm. relationship to rom-coms? So I was thinking about Tate, and I'm a Cancer Rising in Venus, Seventh House in Capricorn. My parents split up when I was a baby. I have redacted mental illness. I was perfectly primed to learn everything that I know about love from TV and from movies. And then on top of that, I grew up with like a mom and a grandma and an older sister who we weren't like go to the movies and see new movies, people, but like if movies were on on TV and it was something that we wanted to watch, we would definitely, we would stop what we were doing to watch. Mm-hmm. And 
So, like, we'd always be tuned into, like, the girly pop rom-com moments. We very rarely watched stuff with men in it because fuck men. Exactly. And, yeah. So, like, it was just, like, a very much encouraged in my household because it was a very, like, girly house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Fola? I literally said I also grew up in a girl home because um, my dad worked out of town mm-hmm. and my little brother was, like, not a person yet. And then, yeah, so it was just, like, we just got to do whatever we wanted because, like, masculinity doesn't, you know, start taking shape until they're, like, five or six. And, yeah, also, like, I was, like, astrology-wise, like, yeah, I'm a Taurus Venus, Taurus rising. My mom's a Taurus Venus. So that is, like, very much integrated into, like, my, our family happenings um and so yeah it's like also you know back in my day we used to just turn on abc family abc family was that girl and there was just a rom-com whoever was doing the programming on there they were in their big birkin they ate that shit they ate that shit yeah we have to have like an abc family episode (laughs) we might just so i can talk about secret life of the american teenager um because I watched it with my finger on the last button. Anyway, I grew up in a girl home. Um, we're also like a movie family. So it's like we would go to Blockbuster a lot. And like if we we would get like two movies. And so one movie had to be like, I don't we I don't know why we did this, but like one movie had to be like an action movie or like have guns in it or something like that. So like we would do like a Fast and Furious movie or just like, I don't know, just some random like you know, movie about violence. And then we'd also have to do like a rom-com um, to like balance it out, I guess, for the vibes. And yeah, like when I was like, when it was the weekend, like we would like put the comf- these comforters like on the ground and in front mm-hmm. of our TV and like pop popcorn. And like sometimes I'd have sleepovers and it was just, it was the best. Like we would just sleep on the floor in the living room and mm-hmm. watch movies. And so, yeah, like I just have, I just have a lot, in my repertoire, you know, a lot up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like again, Taurus, 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 I find many of them rom coms like aesthetically pleasing because mm-hmm. like they're kind of supposed to be. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're like really pleasing to like sensory and also like the music always eats down. Like yeah. they put their whole pussy into the soundtrack. It's amazing. Yeah. So we each picked our top three rom coms. So maybe we go like back and forth. Yeah. So, Fola, do you want to talk about your first one? Sure. Um, my first one is Crazy Stupid Love. I feel very passionately about this movie. I mm-hmm. first of all, I just think as like like in terms of rom coms, I think it is like very much like S tier. Like it's first of all, it's just a good movie. It's a well made movie. It's funny and it's like well thought out. And it the idea of like, have you seen Crazy Stupid Love? I haven't. <laughs> Full's gonna end the Zoom. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> like hit the button. Um, okay, like well I can't like Susie. spoil it because I think it's so mm. good. I think it's so okay. good. I think it's just a really fun story, but it's also like very heartfelt. And the idea is like it takes these like seemingly disconnected stories. It's one of those like r- rom coms where they have like mm-hmm. you know little vignettes, but they all like we are need to bring to those each back. Other. 
exactly. This would be a proper country. But it's not like one of the ones that's like, oh, like this is about a holiday. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like they, so it's like we're building all these like stories and then we find out how they, like in the climax, you find out how everything's connected and it's just, it's beautifully done and Mm -hmm. it's fucking hilarious and the cast is amazing. Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, this, this is their, this is their pre-La La Land chemistry. Mm. I've had their tea. I've had their tea since 2013. People are like, oh my God, they have so much chemistry in La La Land. We knew. We knew. Exactly. Real bitches knew. I will spoil this part. They, you know, they're like a couple in the movie. Um, And like she, he like, you know, takes her home and she, does he she's like can you do the dirty dancing lift and he's like yeah or like one of the things like one of the ways that he gets like women to fuck is like he does the dirty dancing lift and then usually they mm-hmm. like they want a bone um so he does a dirty dancing lift and it's just so cute and so funny and it makes me want to be dirty dancing lifted so yeah mm-hmm which, you know, it's like, yeah, it did inform, like, some of the things that I do want in my love life. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. also at its core, because mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it, it is a movie about communication and about miscommunication exactly. and mm-hmm. the different ways that we communicate. Like, you know, it's kind of like a makeover type movie. So, like, how we communicate with the way we dress and how we, you mm-hmm. know, it's just like, um, yeah, different ways of doing that. So, I thought it was, I think it's really good, like... I don't know, Maya, you have to see it because it's, I think it's really, I think it's really, really good. I think it's like one of, because I think a lot of the 2010s rom-coms like don't really eat, but Mm -hmm. Crazy Stupid Love is my exception. Mm -hmm. And I do love Emma Stone, my my fellow deep voice sister, so I will tap in. I love her, yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Maya? Yes. Um, Okay, so... I have here my best friend's wedding, which, okay, I will say the first time I ever watched it, I, it was definitely, like, in the aftermath of, like, my really horrible 2020 breakup, and I remember being like, everyone in this movie fucking sucks, and this movie sucks, and then I rewatched it more recently after having gone through, like, some other stuff romantically, and also just having grown up a little bit more, and I just came to, like, become really fond of it, and I think what I like about it is that, it takes like the traditional rom-com structure and it flips it over, but it is still a romantic comedy. And we get Julianne, the main character who is incredibly flawed and does bad things. And that tweet that's like, people want complex characters, but they can't even handle her. Really? Yeah. Cause you know, human beings can't be perfect. Women especially can't be perfect all the time. And also in like the nineties when that came out, like, I just don't think, I don't think we are at a place in culture where a character could be, a bad person and also like be human and stuff and i just you know we're obviously julia roberts hype here young julia roberts i would do anything for her i would i would sell a man for a bag of corn nuts if it meant that a young julia roberts could eat and in this movie she's like her dress is like very like androgynous ish and her hair is the curls are so juicy like oh, oh my god she's just so stunning and then you have Dermot Mulroney who's her best friend that she's in love with and he's engaged to Cameron Diaz's character who by the way her character was like 20 years old in college and her dad was like the owner of like the Chicago like co-owner of like the Chicago Bears or some shit have you seen my best friend's wedding I haven't 
It's on Netflix. You should watch it. I'll watch Crazy Stupid Love this weekend if you watch My Best Friend's Wedding. All right, homework. And, yeah. And it just, like, you know, it takes place in Chicago because that's where the wedding is going to be. And, like, I love how Chicago it is. Like, one of the first scenes in the movie is that Julianne goes with Dermot Mulroney and all, like, the like the groomsmen to see a baseball game at Wrigley Field. And then she and Dermot Mulroney have this really intimate scene before the wedding on, like, that little ferry that goes across that river, the name that I don't know. And um, Julia Roberts' outfits eat down a course. Oh, I can't forget Rupert Everett as George, who is Julianne's editor at the magazine that she works at, and also her gay best friend. And he's just, like, he's, like, her guardian angel. Like, he's really writing for her and, like, is there for her. And it's just, it's just so beautiful and perfect to me. It also aided in my obsession with I Say a Little Prayer by Aretha Franklin, because that song comes up in the movie a lot. And just generally, we don't have enough movies about unrealized love, I think. And, like, how you do eventually, like, it's something that happens, I think, to most people that you have to, is definitely happened to me, where you have to reckon with the fact that you're not going to spend the rest of your life with the person that you hoped to do that with, but you have to accept it and move on in order to move forward. And I think in that regard, it is like a really beautiful film because it does end not the way that Julianne expected it to end, but in that it like she is at peace with the way that things are. And I think that's really important. Like it's very much about like, I know I said that I'm exhausted of having to accept the things that I can't change, but I think this is a really good example. It's a good example. Um, but yeah, my second rom-com is Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement. Have you seen it, Maya? Of course. I've seen that okay. one. Okay, just, just making sure. Chris Pine? Chris Pine. Don't get me sorry. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so if you follow me on any socials, you know, like, there are just, you know, those brunette white women, like, Julia Roberts, Anne Hathaway. Those are the ones that, like, you know, I would, like, you know, they're like, would you hide me? I'd hide you a little bit. Um, yeah. During the race war. Um, especially Anne Hathaway. I love Princess Diaries. Is The original is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, <laughs> but Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement, is just, like... In terms of rom-com hood, it is just really gorgeous. Um, it was written by Shonda Rhimes. Mother. A lot of people. And produced by Whitney Houston. Exactly. exactly. Let's wake that up. Exactly. And that's why it ate, because Black women were steering the ship. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. we can like I can say what I want about Shonda Rhimes. Shonda, because I... <laughs> Anyway, um, yes, I can say <laughs> you know, you know. several things about Shonda Rhimes, <laughs> but one thing I will say is that she mm-hmm. knows how to do chemistry, oh, and yeah. the chemistry in that movie is like, like it is palpable, like it is so between Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine, um, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like not even in them just like talking. It's like it's the looks. It's the way that they like walk and block right. this um stuff together when they go up, they're going up the stairs at the same time and they have like, you know, it's just very I don't know, they just they just really it's really good and it's just really juicy and I love it. Um yeah, and again, Chris Pine, Chris Pine. Um 
he is really the only white Hollywood Chris that has like made it to 2024 with me. The rest no, of them have fallen off. I mean, Chris Pratt was never on, but um, yeah, Chris Pine, Chris Pine, and you're mine. Um, he's gorgeous in this movie. He's absolutely gorgeous. It's like the I don't know, like the 2004 like hair. I can't describe it. You know, it's like love triangle. Like it, what? Like there's not really a love triangle dynamic going on. It's more like a personal, like priorities. Triangle. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I think that I really like that dynamic more. Um, not saying like I'm anti love triangle, but like you know, and yeah, I um, I really it's like very the, unique. Like, yeah, trope. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, it also does stay true to, like, the Princess Diaries message that, like, she is, like, she is the queen. Like, she, like, you know, at the end of the movie, she literally gets coronated as Queen of Genovia. And initially, like, the only reason she really wanted to get married is because they were saying, you can't do that without a husband. And exactly. so it's like, you know, at the end of the day, she was like, fuck that. And I'm still gonna smash what's his name on the side. I know that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I also just like again, Taurus rising in me, aesthetics. The movie was beautiful. So stunning. There's a garden. Oh my party. god. Um Don't get just, me started. Like literally every scene is like I like I I want to be there. Like it is just such a beautiful thing like i don't know it's it's amazing um and i don't know they like i don't know princess like the princess diaries movies i just they're like a warm hug to me um but yeah the palace is gorgeous the little closet tour where they like you know she's like oh this is nice and then it like it's like all this stuff comes out she has remotes and stuff it was very pleasing to mine eye as like a six-year-old or however old oh yes and even to this day, I'm like, yeah, I love clothes. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I I think I do love just like a, you know, a material montage in movies. And the one in Prince Diaries 2 is really good. Um, but yeah, it's a movie about, at its core, about female independence. And I think all the women in the movie are really, like, well-written um, and like, you know, it's multidimensional and it's also just like a fun fucking movie. Um, the like mattress slide thing that they do. Oh my God. Is so fun. And like, um, what was I going to say? The, like how Raven Simone is like randomly in the movie because of course, um, cause it was a Disney production happening between the years of 2000 and like 2005. Um, so Raven Simone was of course in it. Um, and yeah, but I just really loved it. Like it's very much, I guess I'd say it's like my babyish rom-com, but it's still one that means a lot to me and I really like it. So yeah. Yeah. Slay, uh, and just Ed Hathaway. That's she's so mother. I want to hang out with her so bad. No, and it's like the people who are like, oh my god, like that, like ten year thing where people were just like, I hate Anne Hathaway for what? And it's crazy because like they did that to Anne Hathaway, but not Taylor Swift. Oh, and they and people were like, oh, why did we even hate Anne Hathaway in the in the first place? Because she who is we for 
start there. Let's start there. But you, they were like saying like, oh, it was because she was she came off as a tryhard for campaigning for her Oscar. And then she won the Oscar because she wanted the Oscar from Les Mis. And so she fucking like, she like worked for it. Oh. Um, and like, but Taylor Swift can like, put out... Taylor Swift can put out an album every six months and you guys are eating it up like it's on the same fucking old Navy ass music. It's giving projection. And it's, you know what, I'm going to say, I think, you know, how like white people have racism within themselves. Mm -hmm. Like it's because Anne Hathaway has brown hair. Yep. Yep. That's their colorism. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we, of course, like, we're drawn to, like, the brown-haired white women because, yeah, they are oppressed, too, as a group. And, yeah, but it was, like, people were, oh, I hated Anne Hathaway. I never did. She was always mother. And, you know, now that she's having her, like, resurgence, I'm, like, it's delicious. Thank you. Um. So, yeah, Prince Diaries 2, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Well, second rom-com is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I watched it for the first time, I think, last year. Quintessential early 2000s rom-com. Kate Hudson is this beautiful, beautiful woman who works at, like, a women's magazine. And she's, like, had my fun, like, writing about all, like, this, like, frivolous stuff, but I want to do more hard-hitting journalism or whatever. And then she decides that she wants to do an article about how to get a man that she's dating to break up with her because she's just like this, you know, she's just this woman that like men are is obsessed with and in love with all the time. She's like, I'm going to do an experiment and try to get a man to break up with me in 10 days because her coworker kept getting broken up with in 10 days because she was like terrible. So she basically started copying stuff her coworker was doing. And then she started, because she had been dating Matthew McConaughey, who he worked for like a men's magazine or something like that, or like in advertising for a men's magazine. I don't know. And Kate Hudson as her character doing cringe was just so fucking good. Like I had to stop the movie a couple times because she was being so awful. And I don't think young Kate Hudson gets enough credit for the work that she was putting in back in the day because she really was a darling and very slept on. And, but then like, have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Okay. And then, you know, so, Okay. So, Kate Hudson is dating Matthew McConaughey. She's trying to, like, get him to break up with her. But she actually, like, does really like him. And it turns out that, like, he had some type of bet with his co-workers yes, about dating her. Yes, but they so actually fell in like, love. Like, fall in love with her intent or fall Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they just, they're just so, the two of them together, so hot. The movie takes place in New York in the early 2000s, which I'm, a time period I'm so nostalgic for, minus 9-11. And, um, you know how, like, those movies always look, like, wet? Like, the city always looks, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it always looks dewy mean. and, like, bluish. Yes. Those, like, early 2000s New York City rom-coms. Like, that is, mm-hmm. like, that's, like, my... Yes. I also love when they look, like, kind of, like, filmy and sunny. I think you know exactly what I mean. Like, like in Uptown Girls, it's just, like, yeah. bright, but it's, like, old. And Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey have such amazing chemistry. They're so sexy. And you can tell that, like, they really are, like, if they were not, like, trying to, like, date each other as an experiment, like, they, you can tell that they really were a good fit, Mm. you know? And then, you know, um, I love that it's a New York movie in, like, a lot of ways and that, like, they go to his home in Staten Island or wherever he's from. And then she tries to like sabotage the Knicks game for him. And also, you know, it's fiction because the Knicks went to the championship. 
and you know you get you get Kate Hudson in that beautiful yellow dress. Yes. You get the scene with "You're So Vain," which I think this song, this movie is one of the reasons I love that song so much. And they end up together in the end because Matthew McConaughey goes to chase her down on like the on the Brooklyn Bridge because she was gonna go to DC for a job interview, and he was like, "But when I love you," and then they like reunite like on the bridge. I just I I know they're still together. I know they're still together. That's my that's my family actually, so and. I need to I need to rewatch it. I'm sorry. It's that girl. She's the doll. And I just I love love. What can I say? Forget. I too love love. That's why we're doing this episode. Um, I, you know, I'm an HBCU grad. I had to do a black rom-com because I was like, we need to do representation. It's also Black History Month. Um, exactly. And also The Best Man is like one of my favorite rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the black rom-coms that like doesn't star queen latifah so um not saying i don't like queen latifah but it's like you know just a little bit of assortment in there um it's Mm -hmm. really great it's also it came out in like 99 it's black excellence everyone in the movie is like the hottest black people like they got all they gathered all the the fine actors and they were like you want to be in this movie and they were like yeah sure." was jada pinkett smith in that movie i don't think so or she was in a maybe she was in another movie yeah, she wasn't in it, okay. but like yeah. Nia Long, Morris Chestnut, Tate Diggs, Sonali, like these are, and these are, I think like, because I don't know, maybe I want to write something about like black film, but like mm-hmm. black rom-com, like black rom-coms are like an entire genre on their own. And mm-hmm. all of the, a lot of the actors in this movie are like powerhouses in their own name like exactly. several several of their own rom-coms that they are like the main character and that they carry under their belts and so having like an ensemble cast of mm-hmm. those actors is incredible yes um i feel very passionately about many black rom-coms and when i say passionately i mean in a bad way like they're <laughs> i hate like, I hate love and basketball. It is, it makes never me seen violent. It. Okay, well, you should see it and then come back to me and tell, like, because okay. you're going to hate it too. Because it's, and it's just like, I think a lot of like the very popular black rom coms are like, you know, kind of predicated on like a bit of suffering. And mm-hmm. I think it's like, come on and yeah it's like and it's like i don't know the woman always seems to suffer the most um and so i mm-hmm. like that's why i tend to have a lot of issues there um and then the fact that like tyler perry has kind of a monopoly on black mob rom-coms but we don't have to go there um but yeah this is before all of that this is 1999 so yeah and it was just like it's also messy boots have you seen the best man i don't think so oh well Light spoiler, but not really. Um, But basically, the main character of the movie is, Mm -hmm. like... So he has, like, a group of friends from college. One of the friends Mm -hmm. is getting married. He's, like, a pro football Uh player or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the guy, the main character, is also an author. So he writes writes a book. Like, it's, like, a bestseller. um, And it's, like, pretty close to the wedding. And everyone's like, oh, my God, yay, okay, your book's coming out. But the book, turns out, was just, like, there college stories that he like repurposed and he changed the names of like the characters so oh he's messy boots for that. and 
his character mm-hmm. in the book has hooks up with the bride in the wedding. I I said it's messy boots. Uh, oh, this is his messy. Character hooks up in like back in college. Hooks up with mm-hmm. the bride of yeah. um the like wedding that's getting ready to happen. And so it's like the lead up to this wedding and just like the drama that ensues and like the you know just kind of like I think it's really great for like you know just black adult friendships and just like mm-hmm. I don't know it's just a really fun movie it's just so fun it's mm-hmm. it's so messy I love like it's just like oh, it's so good and it's not just like this is not like the only thing that like happens like it's like the main conflict but like there are other like personal things that like he writes into the story okay. and it's like oh my god this is such a good book but it's like his like friends that he wrote it about are like fuck you like what are you doing and so they all are and then it's all they all come together because they're at this wedding and so it's like the tensions between them um and like he has a new girlfriend like who's not in the group so she's like i don't know it's very very good and Mm. yeah write it down um also the soundtrack goes absolutely fucking bonkers goes nuts um the ending the ending song is Candy by Cameo. What are you talking about? They do the electric slide. Oh my how do you watch History Month? Oh my it's god. It's so good. There's like parts like like As by Stevie Wonder is like one of my favorite songs of all time. And like mm-hmm. that happens during like kind of like a montage moment. But it's like really cute. It's also one of those movies where like you know, back in like back in the day, um, if you didn't know, um, people used to like make the soundtracks for movies, and they would like gather like singers, and they would fucking make really good songs for the movies. And it was like, oh my god, it was amazing. And they'd actually like put together a soundtrack, and it was like good. It wasn't just like, oh, we just wanted a move a. a song so that we can like have a tiktok trend and so we can use it as our end credits like it was like you know they had like genuine and like all that stuff on their their soundtrack it was so good and Mm. yeah just like you know it gave me very much i think it just like it means more to me now as like someone who like graduated from um howard because like I can see my friends in the next, like, 10 years having some, not, like, that kind of messy stuff, but, like, just Mm -hmm. that, like, reunion and, you know, a rehashing of the messiness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I I fucking love that. Yeah. I can't wait to watch watch that. I need to. I love Neil Long. Neil Long. And she's... she's Morris Chestnut. I need them. I like them both. <laughs> and mm-hmm. as like a kid, I think I'd watch rom-coms and be like, what am I feeling? Um, so yeah, this movie, I was like, oh my God, everyone's hot. Exactly. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's me. I have like a thousand honorable mentions, but like these are the ones that I could like spit out in the 10 minutes mm-hmm. where we were like scribbling down the, um, what's it called? So Yeah. last one for you Maya yeah all right so my last one is sleepless in Seattle I watched it for the first time like fall of 2020 which I feel like we don't talk enough about like the the first fall winter of COVID because that was really really bleak like the sun sets at the sun sets at 4 30 and I have to wear a mask on the train like what the fuck 
Um, yeah. <sighs> damn. Just in my house. Damn. I think I didn't leave my house for like several months. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. those months. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, yes, it was my first Nora Ephron film, and I have watched more of her work since. And I'm a big Nancy Myers girl as well, but I feel like Nora Ephron does like metropolitan, like city based storytelling really well. And I really admired that about her. Whereas Nancy Myers is very like, she's very good at like the California, like, luxury yeah. type B. Exactly. Which like both of them are great, but you know, I'm a I'm a New York girl. City girl. And exactly. I'm a fucking city girl. <laughs> and just Nor Efron, Meg Ryan, and Tom Hanks, they worked together like twice at least mm-hmm. in the 90s, because they also did You Got Mail, which I also love. And oh yeah, and also Nor Efron and Meg Ryan did when Harry Metalli, I think. Yeah, I was gonna but say anyway. Nora Efron was like um her it's like Robert De Niro or whatever De Niro and Scorsese yeah exactly exactly (laughs) yeah and just like the three of them together are such a powerhouse and Tom Hanks he does have his issues like being Chet Hanks's dad and you know um but he was a hottie back in the day you know I definitely I definitely would let him hit and Meg Ryan is just she like was born to be a rom-com leading lady like she's stunning but she's also like she has just such a like a uh, approachable, relatable personality. And Meg Ryan's character basically falls in love with Tom Hanks' character because Tom Hanks' character calls into a radio show. Oh, his son calls... So Tom Hanks is married and his wife dies and they have like a six-year-old son. And the son calls into like this advice radio show with a psychologist. And he's like, yeah, um, I want a new mom. My husband needs a new bitch. Like, I'm, I'm tired of this shit. And then... The psychiatrist is like, or psychologist is like, can you put your dad on the phone? And then the dad gets on the phone, and apparently, of like the the radio show hits like record numbers. All the ladies are are tuning in or whatever to hear him on on the radio show. And then Meg Ryan just happens to be listening to the radio on because she's driving home. She's like driving home to like visit her family or something. And she's also a reporter in like Baltimore. She just becomes really infatuated with him and like his story mm-hmm. and just starts to like fall in love with him kind of like from a distance but then also like he's trying to date somebody in seattle where he and his son are living and then eventually they like run into each other in the airport and then the son runs away to new york because he really he just has a really good feeling about meg ryan's character and mm-hmm. he's like you have to meet her like whatever and then they meet, and finally, and like, you know, they meet at the top of the Empire State Building because that's what they agreed on because it's a reference to another movie whose name I can't remember right now, featuring yeah. Cary Grant. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, I watched it for the first time, and I was like, oh, like, that's so precious. And, you know, I don't know what it says about me, but I love, I love to love someone from afar. I love be states miles away please and um, i was just thinking it's like the 90s equivalent of dating like one of your oomphs you know it just like because she literally just heard that nigga on the radio and she was like i need him and she's just like me for that it's like when i'm scrolling on tiktok and i see a man with like with like a strong jawline and like curly hair and i'm like i actually need him to be the father of my children so i just really relate to her in that way and she was like so delusional about it and she was correct so i fucking love her yeah. Um, dad, meet oomph. <laughs> no, that's literally, that's literally it. <sighs> you fucking go with that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, what'd you say? No, I was just like, you were like, oh, it's like dating your oomph. And I was like, ha ha ha. All right, we made it to the did weekly it. brief. We did it, we're, Joe. We're not at two hours. Like, this is like pretty solid. Exactly. I think we did an right. amazing job. I think so, too. Me or you? Me or her? Who first? Um, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, my hates, which kind of like we talked about in the pop culture section. Oh yeah, we got to start with mm-hmm. hates. Um, is one of them is stan culture because I don't know if you missed it, but like I mean, you probably didn't miss it, but like the whole Megan the Stallion releasing hiss and talking about Megan's law and then Nicki Minaj taking that like very personally, even though it was like not a it wasn't a sniper shot. It was an atomic bomb meant to mm-hmm. blow up. Hiroshima, but she was like, I'm gonna be the one. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Oh, I thought it was Hiroshima, but also I think that, that might be like the white American way. Mm, true. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I'm also just saying it like a dickhead. But <laughs> but yeah, um, she like she it was like a very it was a general shot. And Nicki Minaj took it to heart, and then she um, you know had a weekend of insanity it was like a general it was a general shot meant for like several people but Nicki Minaj was like I'm gonna take it was like um what's that movie where they can like take like he takes all the energy or whatever from I don't know but he was she was like I'm gonna take all of that and it's gonna be mine for what darling for and it's just like and I think I said this to you or whoever but the fact that she heard Megan's law and assumed that it was about her and her family of rapists, it's like, oh, so you agree. Exactly. Your family is full of rapists. Hit dogs. Ah! Yeah. 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 And that's what Nicki Minaj did for an entire weekend. And I, like, you know, that was happening. And, you know, Nicki's rich and she'll be fine. Um, I think stan culture, but I think the stan culture and like, especially the like way that she's kind of encouraged it to develop, I think mm-hmm. is like, it's, it's getting fucking weird. Like it's always been yeah. weird, but it's getting like really weird as you can see, like anyone saying like anything relatively mean or not even mean, just anyone mm-hmm. criticizing Nicki Minaj was, like, at risk of being doxxed by the bars, yep. which is, like, illegal. Um, right. And so, the like, they're doxxing people, and then they're going, and they're, like, the people are, like, taking, the people who are getting doxxed are, like, taking legal action, and then suddenly they're sure. making, they're taking voice memos and me, oh, please, please don't call the police. What do you want me to do? You put right. my address on the internet and told people yeah. to buy me. Not only that, right. not only doxing people over Nicki Minaj, but giving, putting out the um, the location of Megan Thee Stallion's mother's grave. Mm-mm. Are you sick? Mm-mm. Are you Mm-mm. sick? Help. What the Serious fuck? psychological help. What the fuck? Like, what? Like, what? Like, I just, like, don't, what part of your brain says, this is something that I need to do? And then I th- right. thought about it, and it's, like, the stan culture is, like, 
extremity, like, especially in terms of Nicki Minaj, because it's like, and some of these, like, other female rappers, because it's like, oh my God, or not other, just rappers, but like, particularly like these fan bases, um, because they will literally wear it as like a badge of honor. I was listening exactly. to the read again, and they were talking about it, but they were saying like, they literally wear it as a badge of honor where they're like, oh my God, Nicki Minaj followed me, Nicki Minaj retweeted me on this date. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my, so it's like, of course, they're going to continue to try to outcompete each other for your attention. Exactly. And so they're going to be doing more and more outlandish things. And like, mm-hmm. someone has to be like, hey, stop. And there's, exactly. that's not coming from mm-hmm. you. Even Beyonce told the beehive, like, chill. Exactly. It's like a badass kid needing attention from their mom, so they're acting out, but also the mom is bad and enables the behavior. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they just keep giving the cold back to each other. It's really upsetting. Um, and I was also going to just say, like, Swifties, but I've already, I think I already did said my piece about that, but it's like, again, just, like, stan culture. Like, what mm-hmm. happened to being able to be, like, like we have lost the ability to critique things and that fucking exactly. sucks because I like I like to pick things apart mm-hmm. especially things I like I like yeah. to be like this sucks this sucks this sucks but it's fine I could talk so much shit about like my favorite TV shows um, mm-hmm. and things that I hate about them because it's like I watch things with a critical eye and I'm just like I, I don't see myself like disliking certain things and certain aspects like a full as a full you know disregard of the Mm -hmm. entire work and I think that a lot of people you know the brains aren't braining um yeah I feel like we really just lost the art of nuance since like the end of like the mid 2010s forward and like yeah. i think somebody smarter than me is probably like said something about it but like the impact that like your favorite problematic tumblr had on our society you know right. and like just like people in our age range and beyond and stuff Absolutely. and yeah it just it's really scary that people just are like grown people like o- like over the age of like 13 can't right. believe that two things can be true at the same time it's crazy. Like, it's it's bizarre. It's weird. And it's also just kind of sad. Like, it's like, I think we would be having so much more fun if we could, like, just allow, like, just turn up the complexity just a little bit. Exactly. You, know, you can, and it's like, mm-hmm. when I would see your favorite problematic, I would, like, see stuff and be like, ew. And then, right. like... You know, it wouldn't be like that was a thing that was like going to make me write them off, even though I did put that on TikTok. But like, um, you know, like sometimes it's like usually it's like a compounding amount of like different little things that I'm like, exactly. OK, ew. like you have like a pattern of acting weird. I'm not going to support you and I'm not going to stream exactly. music. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just like me doing me i'm not gonna start yelling at people who stream her who stream whoever's music i'm just gonna be like well i don't because x y and z like if someone asks um so i just like and you know maybe it's because the frontal lobe is like nearly sealed shut um so maybe there's that but i feel like also like like i guess just the time of the internet that i grew up or like the way my brain works because like you know i just had parents that like forced me to read they would take me to the Mm -hmm. library every week 
and I just, mm-hmm. you know, the critical thoughts were just like happening in my brain. So like, you know, those, those little nodes formed properly. And so I'm yeah. able to like see, you know, yeah, all like these, all these stand, all these celebrities that you worship are literally fucking you right now. They are exactly. literally stealing the last dimes out of your pocket for fucking shitty ass Shein hoodies. And you and you're up. and you're going to bat for them, especially not, uh, especially the long neck lady or long back lady, because I've been seeing stuff where her merch is garbage shit, but people are exactly. paying because they want to just physically have it and say that they have the merch for X, Y, and Z. Um, also, the tickets to her me. concert are like a thousand dollars. I'm hearing like like uh, exorbitantly expensive. And I, she's I've not, been hearing, and she doesn't even dance. And she's been on tour for like a year. She's going to go on tour for like another year. The math isn't mathing. My, my Renaissance ticket was not cheap, but it was not anywhere near $1,000. Exactly. Exactly. And I had a really good seat. Mm. Like, floor baby. Yeah. You know, like, like even, even though Beyonce is like super rich and I like, you know, morally and like capitalistically, I have to be like, fuck you. You know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's like, you know, she, A, she puts on a good show. B, mm-hmm. she tries to do things that are like, black people, this is for exactly. you. Exactly. Um, so I really like that, especially like black women, black queers. This is for you. Exactly. Like, this is my audience. And she's just so. like, she's she's so intentional in the art that she puts out and I just don't get that intentionality from Taylor Swift. Real, yeah. Like, you can tell that Taylor Swift is very much about, like, she's very much motivated by money. Absolutely. And she's, like, not interested in, like, being an artiste. Exactly. Whereas Beyonce, I just read a tweet earlier about how Beyonce gave herself five-hour energy poisoning back in, like, 2016 because she was trying to finish songs for one of her albums. And she stayed up for, like, 40 hours or some shit. She's so real. Right. Taylor Swift is tweeting because Netflix made a joke about her. Yeah, they were calling they were calling Blue Ivy ugly before she even left Beyonce's womb. Mind you, a TV show that wasn't even fucking all that popular. It was fucking right. Jimmy and Georgia. Who the fuck is exactly. watching that? It wasn't it wasn't Stranger Things. It wasn't one of the movies, right. like one of the TV shows that has like millions and billions of views. It was like one of those mid ones that they like suggest to you after you watch a movie. Um, but anyway. Exactly. And, like, now, you know, with, like, the private jet stuff and her, like, going 28 miles in a private jet, I've driven, I drive I drive 28 miles to go visit some of my friends when I'm in Tampa. Like, what the fuck are you on? Like, we, It's getting weird. Like, some, someone needs to, you know what, I'm not going to say anything, but. I think celebrities in private planes, we need to start, they need to start flying commercial. I might have to buy a laser pointer. Hey, we need to start flying commercial. Let's so, and stand outside of Teterboro because it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> it's true. Like, I don't know, the whole private jet thing, like, didn't you watch Succession? The man died on the private jet and suffered. And... And just they just left him on the ground until yep. they could land the plane. Hmm. Yep. Anyway, anyway, just saying. And also just like, you know, just the whole fucking with people, like first stand culture, I don't think it's worth it. Especially like not to be like, you know, spirituality or anything, but like like you know, I just feel like fucking with people and especially like with the whole Meg the Stallion's mom's grave and stuff, like fucking mm-hmm. with like like, you know, some people like especially like someone like Megan the Stallion who like 
I don't know, like the not woo woo part of me, but like I know that that woman is like she's got some fucking you know any yeah. arrow shot at her is going right back to whoever yeah. did it. Um, and yeah, so it's just like why would you, like why would you even bother like doing right. that? Um, so yeah, that was just my rant about stand culture. I might write an essay about it. Um, we'll see. We'll see if full ever if if I ever put out an essay. Ha, let's see. She will. Um, Inshallah, true. Um, also, another hate is just like people who get in between me and a good giggle. Like, shut the fuck up. Right. Um, I most like this is definitely a TikTok problem, but like I'll make TikTok videos and most of my videos I think are like very obviously sarcastic, but it's yeah. also just like the tone that I exist in on TikTok mm-hmm. is not serious. So but yeah, like, and then I'll like make a video and someone will be like, <laughs> like I made the video about the reheated rice syndrome and I was like me eating reheated rice um, mm-hmm. because I don't care what the liberals say. And people are like, it's, it's not, it's not just reheated rice. It's <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, <sighs> who cares? Whatever happened to fun? Whatever happened to fun? And then I fall out the <laughs> holding the reheated rice (laughs) it just flies everywhere and yeah like honestly and i just think the whole reheated rice thing again it's just like trend bait or whatever the fuck um you know just get people talking about random shit instead of like Mm -hmm. looking at what's actually happening around the world but anyway right um back to my loves because you know all about love um this week i've been really into the assassination of Gianni Versace, the American Crime Story limited series. And by this week, I literally mean yesterday and today because I watched the the first seven episodes of that limited series yesterday. Please. In like one second. And I'm about to finish it tonight after we're done recording. (laughs) Because I think it's it's such a fucking insane tv show you've seen it It right so it's so good and it's Mm -hmm. like first of all it's like physically like beautiful to look at but also like darren chris like he cooked darren chris fucking acted his pussy off then he got it reattached and then he acted it off again like he like he got that Emmy, like it was like sweat and blood. Like he fucking ate that role and he just gets the ugh, it's so good. And like again, I am a former Gleek. I can say a lot of mean things about Ryan Murphy. And given the opportunity, I will. But I will admit the man can make a show. Can the show have several seasons and character development? you know what he has a plan he just needs the platform he just needs a platform and he he does be getting the platforms exactly so and you know i like i again i'm someone who's passionate about limited series mm-hmm. he he give him a give him a single season to get a job done oh, yeah. and he'll get that shit done oh yeah so yeah, yeah. it's just you know mm-hmm. the six seasons of glee and the quality decreasing very rapidly <laughs> After um the first like two, anyway, 
that's fine. But yeah, Assassination Journey of Versace, if you haven't seen it, is so good. It's also, you know, based in Miami and I'm a Florida person. So I feel yeah. personally connected to it randomly. Um, yeah. Also, I just, sorry, I just think the, like just the storytelling and it's, it's just like so unique. Like just the way that they mm-hmm. go about telling the story because I feel like now, like a lot of limited series are just like, oh, we're just going to tell you what happened exactly the way it happened. Like, we're going to read the Wikipedia page off to you and there's, like, no desire to, like, be artistic about anything. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, that is just, like, a good example of a show that's, like, intentional and, like, you know, we're going to make a fucking... We're not just going to make a biography show. We're, like, we're telling a story and we're going to do it well. Um, Okay. My second love is Espresso Martinis made with soju. I had one at this Yum. restaurant that I went to. And I usually, like, I'm an espresso martini girl down, but, like, there was something that happened with the soju. It was delicious. It was so That's fucking good. So good. And, like, I didn't even really love the restaurant that I went to, but I will probably go back because of that espresso martini. Um, we should go together because, yeah. you know, you know, I love a soju moment. For, yeah. <laughs> what was it, like, a whole bottle? two almost two and then okay i did dry january and then i drank the second like the half or whatever was left of that second bottle as a pregame beverage and i was like yo i was fucking wild like right. one i lost one of my airpods and i was like yo why are my friends still friends with me after that night like, <laughs> like when you said like all those two bottles of soju i was like maya <laughs> <laughs> I had a really tough week that week. <laughs> so it's just like soju is going. It'll beat your ass. It'll oh, it yeah. just it's it's and it's silent but deadly because it tastes mm-hmm. almost like nothing. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's beautiful in an espresso martini. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really loved it. It was so good, and the restaurant was cute. It was one of it was the one with like all the records everywhere. Have you seen it? I'll send you this stuff, but it's it's really cute. Okay. And they had like a DJ. It was it was super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then finally, my last love is the theater. Um, I, you know, I've been talking about like how I don't see like art and intentionality or whatever, but like the talented acting girlies are saying we actually don't need Netflix original TV shows. We're gonna show our chops where, you know, where there are no cuts, where we're, we're mm-hmm. on the stage, baby. Mm-hmm. And they're and they started on the stage and they are returning. And I think exactly. that a lot of like culturally, like of course, like things like Hamilton and musicals are like very like pushed in our culture because it's like you can sell a musical soundtrack and you can sell a bunch of shit based on a musical. Yep. You can't really do that for a play. Um, but I do think that like plays are kind of having like I think they're trying to like have a moment amongst young people with like plays and so i do think that they're at least in new york they're like doing a good job of like making people interested in the theater and it's just like if you want to see because i feel like a lot of like mediocre talent gets cast in like these like netflix shows or whatever um yeah you know nepo babies all that stuff but if you want to see just like good fucking acting and because it's like they don't have a choice there's no oh I yep. I'm, oh I'll just do it in the next take. They gotta they have to do that mm-hmm. shit right there. Um, exactly. Get your get your ass to a fucking stage play. There are so many. 
You don't yep. even have to go to Broadway. Yep. There are literally people putting on plays like in basements. <laughs> Just like go, like, yeah, I don't know. Theater kids are fucking on one and I think they're so good at it and you know I'm just really happy for them um this is that's my shout out to Jeremy Strong because I'm seeing his play (laughs) (laughs) oh my my god that's next month oh my god I'm going to see my plot and Michael Imperioli and Victoria oh my god it's like they knew we were coming oh my god yummy I'm so excited so excited okay I'm done sorry for my yap I'm not good. Okay, I'm gonna be real. I had like the longest week ever, and I ran a million errands and then came home to record this. So I'm gonna be pretty brief. Um, this one happened literally like two hours ago. Straight people walking slowly. I need straight people to like put some pep in their their fucking step. I'm so tired of them walking slow all the time. I had to make like three more stops before Galentine's tomorrow, and I was making my fi- final stop. It's my final stop. It's by my house. I had to wait in line for my online pickup order, and then the couple who was checking out like a little bit further down from me was leaving at the same time, and they're just meandering past the cash registers like they're like they're in the fucking wild west taking their sweet time and i'm like i'm carrying a giant bag full of goodies and a bag of cheetos that i bought from target because i have no snacks in my house and all types of other crap and my backpack Mm -hmm. and i'm wearing a hat and my hair is down and i'm trying to i'm trying to run down the block and go home and here you are why are you just Mm, they just have no spatial awareness and they walk so fucking slow all the time and i'm just like we live in new york please please and like and they were just and like i had to like follow them like out of like the cash registers like through the door i eventually i just like like weaved around them and like ran home because i wanted to take off my things and like not wear a bra and put all my bags down. And I'm like, okay, like, I know you're buying stuff for your little Super Bowl party, but some of us have places to go. Some of us have a podcast to record. Some of us need to relax. And just in general, I'm just so tired of straight people just taking up so much space and thinking that, like, they own the world. True. Like, like the cubbyhole. Oh, my God. Literally like the cubbyhole. Like. If you know you know. <laughs> And just, yeah, so... I just, I hate slow walkers in general, but it was a straight couple in front of me. So I'm like, oh, so you guys are straight and you can't walk fast enough. Mm. Great. Cool. Um, loves this week. I am rewatching Sex in the City, which I'm having so much fun. I'm texting full about it all the time. So I'm hoping I'll reel her into a rewatch with me. I'm really And close. I just, when we do that Sex in the City episode, that might have oh, to be baby. a two-parter. It's I'm sorry. It's 17 like, hours long. It, we might have to do a Sex in the City month. If you will, just like, <laughs> like we're gonna, just like, we're gonna like because the clothes, the oh yeah, men, the storylines, uh-huh. like, oh yeah, there's like so much to cover. Exactly. Um, yeah. Sorry, Sex and City is so good. But yeah, I'm just like I'm having so much fun. Like those are actually my sisters. Like they, they're they really are. The I love that. Um, okay, so it was cloudy for like a week and a half in New York, and like. I also was, like, depressed-ish. I was like, maybe it's just me. Like, maybe I'm just, like, in a fog. And then there was a graphic on Instagram that was like, it's been cloudy for 10 days. The sun hasn't come out in 10 days. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense, actually. Mm. And these last couple days, it's been a lot sunnier. It was 50 degrees today. I got to comfortably wear my wool coat, and I wasn't freezing on my way home tonight. And I just, I love getting to just bounce around Brooklyn and, like, bask in the sun and be cozy. And spring is coming. Spring is coming. We just have to hold out. The groundhog said it's coming quickly. 
Right. Yeah. Right. He said the light is coming to bring back all the darkness <laughs> that the whatever, you know, whatever, whatever ponytail girl said. Um, last, and like, this is funny, but like, not funny. The Amish, like, buggy crash story. Have you heard about that, Fola? No. Okay, so basically, this woman crashed, and she was high on meth, and crashed her car into a horse and buggy that was carrying four Amish children, and she killed two of the kids. And it turns out she has a twin sister. I don't know where my road lift went, that's what I'm looking for, whatever. Um, And she crashed, she has a twin sister, and she tried to, like, she and her sister were, like, conspiring to pin the crash on the sister that didn't do it and they were like fucking with the police because they're like identical and it turns out that one of the sisters googled what happens if you kill two Amish kids on a horse and buggy I don't know I was telling my friend Melissa I was like look I know disrespect to the dead I need a big little lies style HBO limited series about this and Melissa was like yeah you know she was like she was like, why would they, why would they make a series about that? And I was like, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay, but like, how would they contact, how would they contact the kids' parents? Like, are like the Amish people going to be upset because she was Googling stuff about them? And I was like, do you know how we would get answers to that if somebody made a fucking HBO show? So I'll produce exactly. it. I'll produce it. Exactly. You know, um, I $28, but you know. Right. You know, I'll do it. I, I can. I can make something work. I'll. I'll paint a set. You know, <laughs> but it's just. I it's think just you did those, tell like, me biz- about it. it. Just like fell out of my memory. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, just like one of those like r- bizarre stories that comes up every couple of years, where like this is almost like the submersible again for me mm. because it's just so bizarre. The submersible was so good, and it was in the summer too. Like that mm. was a gag. Mm. That was a gag. A little bit. All right. We made it. Yeah. Word to bugs. Yeah. Um, Have a beautiful Valentine's Day. Have a lovely Black History Month. Exactly. And we'll see you in a bit. Yes. We'll see you on the flippity flip. Bye. Bye.